new on Curiosity Stream. I'm James Burke. I'm going to take you on a journey through time. James Burke's visionary series returns, reimagined for our time. Now, this is all uncharted territory. The Washington Post hails Burke as one of the most intriguing minds in the Western world. The New York Times raves he careens from one great moment in history to another. Where do we want to go from here? Experience all new connections. So what's the next connection? With monthly, annual, and bundled plans, find the one that works for you at curiositystream.com. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Welcome into the Osmo.com MMA strategy shows. We're here to get you ready for UFC 275, which goes down on a Saturday night. Of course, I'll be here Saturday night in the United States, but it'll be Sunday morning over in Singapore. First fight will start 6.30 a.m. local time in Singapore. So that is something to think about for some of these fires are going to take place early in the morning because, well, they're going to have to get up very early in the morning. Of course, we are sponsored by Prize Picks. Talk about some of those Prize Picks plays come up here later on in the show. Of course, uh, they've got a, a nice little deal going on over at Prize Picks that you got to take advantage for for Game Four of the NBA Finals. But of course, as always, here on the Awesome MMA Strategy Show, I am joined by the fighter Pete Rogers Jr. Pete, would you want to fight six thirty in the morning? No, you know that. No, I would. I mean, I wouldn't mind. I would just have to adjust my, my, you know, sleep schedule, obviously. And, um, you know, you train a lot in the morning. I know a, a ton of fighters that would hate it, but, um, you know, it's just an adjustment. And if, if people are part of a strong camp, they're going to have to adjust and get out there early. And a lot of people that underestimate the time zone change and just the entire sleep schedule and the fight week, you see it all the time. Like I, I, I recall like back when they went to some high elevation place. Right. And a lot of people didn't get out there and get acclimated a week earlier. So, um, you know, it's, they underestimate it and it really bites them in the butt. So we'll have to see going here, but I'm interested to see how some of these camps adjust. I'm interested for some of these matchups and it's a heck of a card. I, I can't wait to see it. Artie brings out the point says they got to wake up at 4am to punch someone in the face. Artie, I'm going to tell you, they're waking up way before 4am. Yeah, they're going to probably be a, probably I would say at the latest 3 a.m. Probably more like one or two. Yeah, I, I would for me, right? Like a lot of my heart sparring's done um, in the afternoon uh, or at night because primarily you're fighting at night. So I would probably be waking up super early, like completely flip the schedule. So who knows? We'll have to see, though. I know uh, Yohani and Jacek, she went over early. You may have noticed last week, a lot of the American top team coaches were not with the fires in Vegas. Of course, leads you to uh, the, the strategy. We always talk about strategy in terms of making lives. It's that strategy of fighting. Of course, uh, we're going to break down this entire slate here for you. Of course, uh, be sure to hit that thumbs up button. It, it helps us out so much here. If you're not subscribed to all, so be sure to hit that subscribe button. we got shows for you each and every day. Of course, later on today, we've got MLB Deeper Dive and 
also MLB live before lock get you ready for tonight's five game MLB main slate. I'll tell you, if you're new to MLB DFS, you got to check out Josh and the way he's doing over there with the process show, uh, especially if you are a newer DFS player, it gives you a lot of great information of the correct lineups you want to get into. But Pete, let's get right into this one as it is Yuri Prohachka trying to become the UFC light heavyweight champion as he challenges Glover Teixeira. It feels like so long ago that the old man Glover Teixeira went out there and won the UFC light heavyweight title, and he is a a two to one betting underdog in this one. And we look at the DraftKings salaries: eighty nine hundred for Yuri, seventy three hundred for Glover. And Pete, I I don't think it's a hard fight to break down. I mean, I, I think one of the things on I guess I'll start with the Yuri side of the equation. I'll let you kind of get to the Glover side. For Yuri, has not fought since May of last year, so that's something to kind of think about. But he's known the fact that since May of last year, he has been working on wrestling and grappling, understanding he knows what it was going to come, whether it was going to be Glover or whether it was going to be Jan. We know what he can do from a stand of abilities. He's got a four-inch reach advantage in this fight. He's got to use that to his advantage. But I think the bigger thing for Yuri in this fight is you got to keep this thing at range, and he has got to make sure – his feet do not get behind the black line. And for those who don't know what I'm talking about, when you look at the octagon, there's a black line, and you're basically a step, two steps away from your back being against the fence. That, to me, is a key for Yuri in this one. Yeah, um, I, I think that, you know, it's pretty cut and dry that Glover has more ways to win than Yuri Prohashka. Glover can knock him out. Glover can, can win a decision by, you know, grappling him. He can also take him down, ground and pound him, and submit him. Um, I do think that Yuri being the younger of the two, you know, it's, it's an advantage for sure. But with the age of Glover Teixeira comes a ton of experience. And from some of the Ryzen fights, you did see that if Yuri gets put on his back, he makes some uh, elementary mistakes, truthfully. Like he, he doesn't necessarily get back the correct way to his feet. Um, he will absorb uh, ground and pound, which is something that Glover, Tuche- uh, Glover Teixeira 2.0 has uh, really just you know, dominated his opposition with. So I think Glover's clearly going to look to, you know, avoid the big awkward punches in the unorthodox angles of Yuri Prohashka. It's going to be a, a very difficult task. And he's probably going to look to pin him against the cage, as you say, get him on, uh, you know, against the cage, implement a takedown, and then that's going to be the path to victory for him. Um, I do think that this is a, a priority fight for me. So for some weeks where I'm okay with getting away from the main event, I don't see how I get away from this main event. I'm going to have one side or the other, and it's a lean for me towards Yuri Prohashka just because of the unorthodox striking, the angles, the movement, uh, the power. We have seen Glover, you know, touched up at times. But as far as, like, underdogs on the slate, I think that Glover Teixeira is arguably one of the best on the slate, truthfully. Like, he has a tremendous ceiling. And uh, I'm going to make a group on awesome.com using the fantasy cruncher tool. There's no, for most of my lineups, there's no way I avoid this fight. Yeah, I would tell you, you mentioned about making groups or fancy cruncher. It's like you were listening to me and Tyler's conversation before you hopped in here uh, as we were kind of talking about that in, in terms of making those groups. And I mean, look, it, it's a fight in terms of GPPs. I fully expect that this fight's going to be awful. I mean, look, if you tell me, I, and I do like Yuri Bahashka to go out there and, and win on, on Sunday morning, Saturday night here in the United States. But to me, there obviously is a concern of if he gets taken down. It's like I, I was looking over at Price Picks earlier today and and the number on takedowns for Glover Teixeira is one and a half. And I'm like, I think it's a good number, but I'm like, he may not score a takedown because Yuri just lights him up on the feet. 
Mm. And, but then, it, and then I go, okay, can Yuri get off his back? He spent a lot of time at fight ready with Henry Cejudo and, and Santino and everybody there at fight ready. So, you know, but it's also like, I'm like, man, he may not be able to get up. And yeah. so like, I'm like, look at the under over there, but I'm like, you know what? If he gets up once, likelihood is Glover's probably going to take him down a second time. Yeah, I I, I kind of like the over on that number, and uh, um, I'm happy you brought it up. It's it's very tricky because everybody's expecting Yuri to just go out there and cut right through Glover to share it, and he very well could because you know Glover can't he's hittable. Um, he's very hittable, and uh, he's susceptible to getting knocked out. But like he is so well rounded. Like if you if you really think about it, he is the much more well rounded. MMA fighter in this situation and sometimes we over project and overestimate knockouts you know what I mean like finishes happen especially in the larger weight classes but sometimes these guys are able to absorb shots and um it becomes a war so I mean Glover's he's he's training with uh, uh Pereira uh, all the time so I, I know that he has a strong camp and he's looked amazing he's everybody that he's gone on the win streak against has knockout power but i think that yuri's a you know a different puzzle definitely a different puzzle now the henry cejudo help will you know obviously increase yuri prohashka's wrestling defense but it's if he gets taken down the jujitsu advantage that's where i think the pressure of glover to can really be implemented and shown and that's where the ground and pound and you know trapping the arm and and just punishing him there because i'll tell you what yuri prohashka was taking some big, big shots over in Ryzen against uh, Al Brexen. And I'll tell you, Al Brexen's a very good wrestler, but he's not at Glover Teixeira's caliber when it comes to ground and pound and just, you know, brutalizing his opponent. So it's a long-winded way to say I'm going to be prioritizing this fight, and um, it's a lean towards Prohashka. You talk about Ryzen, and I talked about this yesterday on my podcast. If you go back to that 2015 Grand Prix they did in Ryzen, the field how well that field has aged king mo was was a big name at that time and of course yuri ends up winning it uh, you have yuri vadim nimkov is in that bruno capalauza who is the pfl champion uh was in that also uh valentin moldovsky who's challenged for the bellator heavyweight title was in it so it was a very stacked field over there uh sam appreciate you in the chat of course i mean I mean, my guy pete is looking a little thick over there it's like he's so he's training all these young bucks every day who are just trying to take his head off every day every day <laughs> i gotta watch my back these guys are trying to kill me uh but it's good it, it keeps me sharp and um you know, all my guys are light heavyweights and up. So, so that's when I go against people, my size, it, it feels amazing. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm training all the time and can't wait. It's, we got a big opportunity for one of my fighters, um, with a, a grappling match against a guy who was on Dana White's contender series and just fought for the CES belt. So, uh, shout out to my, my fighter Wolfgang, uh, we're, we're training hard and we're going to get that W for his grappling match. Uh, Sam, uh, also, uh, with another super chat, I appreciate it, Sam. He says, Yuri was smashed lover into the retirement home. Here's my thing. I think Glover understands, you know, we're, 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 we're in the back nine of the career. We right. might be in the back three of the career at this point, but like, I don't know if he would retire with a loss. I feel like he would still try to get at least one more. Yeah. I mean. That's always tough when, you know, to leave on a loss because you want to, I, I mean, MMA fighters, a lot of them don't retire on their own terms. And it's very, very sad. We talk about it all the time. 
what Glover Teixeira has done within the past couple of years has shocked a ton of people, um, despite having all the skills, durability still checks out at his age against the young, dangerous fighters within the division. Now, does it last again? Does his durability hold up in this situation? So uh, I can't wait to see the fight. I'm basically taking, like, my gut says that Glover Teixeira gets him down, but my head is telling me that, like, you know, Yeri Prahash is just going to be too much on the feet for him. Of course, uh, this is the Osmo.com MMA strategy show. We're getting ready for UFC 275. And if you're not an Osmo Plus member, we're going to tell you about a great offer we have for you that you definitely want to take advantage of leading into UFC 275. But if you're not a member currently, you want to get a little peek what's behind the paywall. Today's free premium data and tools, MLB player projections. Of course, you head over to Osmo.com, check those out, and of course, uh, help develop those MLB lines for later on today for uh, the five-game main slate of course got some afternoon baseball going on right now let's move on to the co-main event which is also a title fight so another five-round matchup you got valentina shevchenko defending the flyweight title as she is challenged by thalia santos 9600 for valentina shevchenko 6600 for thalia santos and well me and pete got done recording the odd chopper video for the best bets you can check over the odd chopper youtube channel pete goes hey man you peaked at Valentin's salary? I'm like, no, man, no, man. I'm like, what, like 9400 It's like, nope. This is my thing, and I've been thinking about this all, all morning. And I'm like, okay, it, for Valentina to be optimal, especially this price point, like, to me, she's got to get 130-plus points. We've seen her do that two times. Uh, one score, she had 138, and her score of 131. But then, like, as I look at this slate overall, I mean, look, I, I love Valentina to win this fight. I think Thalia's got to make this a dog fight. I think she's just, she has to take chances and, and she just has to start, you know, flinging some punches and, and hopefully, you know, clip her with something. But I'm like, how do we fit Valentina Shevchenko into an optimal lineup? Unless we have like, you know, three to four underdogs that, that come in and, and score 100 plus points. Yeah, and, you know, I think roster construction is going to be interesting this week. Um, I do think that a ton of underdogs are live. Like, I, I really do think a ton of underdogs are live. Um, Valentina Shevchenko priced at 9,600. We need the, at least 110, right? Um, there are one, two, three, four, four of her fights where she did not reach the 110 mark. Um, and some of those are finishes as well. So I, I think that she's a dominant fighter. I think she's one of the best fighters to ever live. I personally have always said that she's the best women's mixed martial artist. But those losses over Amanda Nunes, it's hard to dispute that. Like, she lost. Um, but I've always just said from a skill standpoint, I think she's the most skilled of anybody within the women's MMA just world that I've ever seen. I think that a lot of people banking on a collapse from a top athlete trying to predict the Amanda Nunes collapse. Um, I think it could be a trap. I do think that Tyler Santos is a dangerous fighter. I think that she could win a round, maybe two. Um, if she goes out there and she tries to implement the Jennifer Maya approach, pin her against the cage, bully her against the cage, implement takedowns. But like Shevchenko can land takedowns herself. And I really feel like that's the best path to victory for Tyler Santos is getting in top position, and winning minutes, but trying to do that over the course of 25 minutes, she has to she has to win three rounds against Shevchenko. I don't see it. I really don't see it. I think that Shevchenko can land takedowns. I think she could hurt her on the feet. Um, 
I do think this goes the distance. So the price tag at 9,600, something I will have to monitor the ownership because I feel like I might be a little bit underweight to adjacent. Like it's like, it's a, it's a steep price tag. I, I expect her to win, but more often than not, there's going to be some other fighters at cheaper salaries that come through with some high, high, you know, point totals. And just, it's all about building the correct combination. I'm going to have plenty of Shevchenko, but I'm just saying that 9,600, if she scores 115, that may not be enough because you really box yourself out of so many combinations due to the, due to the salary. You know, I mentioned a comment from Marcos where he, he talked about, you know, Shevchenko is not locked. This goes five rounds. I don't see it uh, in the optimal. It also goes on to say Santos has a good takedown defense. This could be a low volume and not many takedowns, five round kind of deal. I mean, look, this is my thing. This is a massive step up in competition for Thalia Santos. Oh, yeah. Jojo Wood, quality opponent. But if I sit there and say, tell me the best fighter she's fought in the UFC, not named Jojo Wood. Marwanero Barella, Molly McCann, Jillian Robertson, Roxanne Matafari. Yeah, and a lot of those are at the tail end of their careers. And um, they're all decision wins. Or outside the Barella fight, that was a decision loss. All I got to say is, and no offense to uh, Mar Morero, Romero Barella, Tyler Santos lost to her. There ain't no way she's beating Shevchenko. There, there, there's no way she's beating Shevchenko. That's MMA math at its finest, which would make the like Mar Romero Barella is one of the worst fighters within the division who, when she's offensive, she looks great, but she would always get beaten in like ridiculous fashion. Um, the fact that Tyler Santos got bullied in that fight really speaks volumes. And I think the, the last four fights of Santos, she's looked improved, but Motiferi shot. She scored five takedowns in that fight. Unanimous, uh, unanimous decision. Joanne Wood. I think she's shot as well, uh, outside of being a volume puncher. Um, I think that she's, she can get bullied in there and, uh, she really screwed her whole career up by trying to remain active instead of being patient. Jillian Robertson, you know that she can get bullied um, if she's not able to land in top position. So, I mean, like, I think Tyler Santos is good. I think she could win a round or two, or maybe it's like the rounds are super competitive, but it's like Ed Shevchenko, Ed Shevchenko. So that's where uh, it's, if Shevchenko fits your lineups player, um, Tyler Santos' salary though at 6,600 is something to speak of because it's just, it's just ridiculously cheap. It's so cheap that maybe even a loss, if we have some underdogs not come through, maybe she gets 50 points or something like that. And at 6,600, it just allows you to reach, you know, some ridiculous high performers at the top. So it's a Shevchenko play for me and a sprinkle of Tyler Santos just because of her salary. And something to know, Shevchenko, her last three fights, 15 takedowns completed total in those three fights. I mean, look, it's, I will be underweight to the field on Shevchenko. My, I, I haven't done lineups and I, and I haven't kind of figured out how many I, my guess would be, I'll probably be in the 30 to 35% range on Shevchenko because I still want to get there. But like, if I'm hand building a lineup, I don't think I'll get to Shevchenko. Yeah. I mean, Hand building stuff because, you know, naturally you just flock to some other, other names and it's like, okay, that's a little too difficult. Um, whereas when you <laughs> allow like your groups to create it for you and fantasy cruncher, you, you, you take your, you take your bias out of it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. and sometimes your bias will box you out of winning in an optimal lineup. 
Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's a heavy price tag, and and you just know when you're putting her in a lineup, you know, a you're going to be first thinking of hoping that you know it's not like a week where you have eight nine fighters all get a hundred points because if that happens, it's it's she's going to need to get 110, 115, 100, and twenty points. I mentioned a uh, go ahead, Pete. Uh, oh, okay. Yep. We, we have so much, so much chemistry. Jason just can read my mind and knows that I wanted to say something. We've been doing it forever. I, I can, um, can kind of say, I, I saw the kind of facial expression. It kind of felt like you had something more to say. Well, I mean, against Liz Carmouche in a five round fight, right? Um, Valentina Shevchenko scored 74 in a five round decision against Ioana Janjacek. She scored 111. So I think anything between there is probably where she's going to, to uh, land. And that's where, I, where I'm going to be a little bit lighter than the field. But as far as cash, I, I suspect she's going to get a dominant victory. No doubt about it. Of course, uh, I mentioned a little while ago that we have a great offer going on over at awesomeo.com right now. And if you've never been an Awesome Plus member, this is a great time to sign up right now as you can get 50% off your first month of Awesome Plus Platinum. There's a link right in the description of this video below. Or you can use the promo code MMA Strategy Show, all word, all one word, all caps, MMA Strategy Show, where you can get fifty percent off your first month of also plus platinum. Of course, this is for new users only. You hear me and Pete always talking about all the tools that we're using over awesome.com. This is what we use to develop our lineups. And of course, when you sign for also plus platinum, you get everything that's over awesome.com. So if you want to play a little MLB, you got that. You want to play a little NBA, you got that. You want to play a little NASCAR, you got that as well. Everything is over awesome.com. This is an absolutely amazing deal. You got to sign up. And Pete, you know, for me, it's that top fire tool when we're talking about MMA. I, that's what, I mean, literally two of my sheets here are the top fire tools, uh, the things that I'm looking at. And, and I'll tell you when you're also a plus member, I mean, obviously you're looking at what we're projecting the scores to be, but also the win percentage ownership top 6%, which is something I talk about NASCAR all the time, but also very key in MMA looking at that top 6%. So if you've never been also a plus member, this is an awesome time to sign up right now. Get 50% off your first month of also plus uh, platinum. Of course, uh, link right in the video description below, or you go to our join page over awesome.com. Use that promo code MMA strategy show. All were all one word, all caps, MMA strategy show. And of course, uh, yeah, something I think people we don't really don't talk about. Of course, uh, fancy cruncher is something you to add on to your account. Highly recommend doing that. But I thought this would be a good opportunity to talk about how you'd use fancy cruncher for your groups. Well, me personally, I I depend a lot on fight film. That's just how I am. Like uh I love analyzing the fights from a data perspective as well, but you can kind of tell when you're watching tape, which fight kind of feels like an optimal fight. And you can also compare it to the betting odds, right? Like which fight is going to end inside the distance? Um, you know, and it's like, let's say Yuri Prohoshka, Glover Teixeira, like that you have five rounds to work with. You know that they're both violent, violent fighters, um, the salaries. So what I would like to do is I, I'd like to go into the awesome tool on Fantasy Cruncher and I go in there and I create a group and I do this for multiple fights where I'm like, I have a very good feeling. I'm torn on the fight, but I have a very good feeling that this fight's going to make it into the optimal lineup because it's going to be one-way traffic, one way or the other. Or it's just going to be such a, a shift in momentum that we're going to see one fighter just completely exceed their salary. And uh, that's where you can combine it. 
Uh, if you want to put multiple fights in there, you can say that you can get to at least one of these fighters. Or if you're super confident, you can say, all right, I like these three fights. I want at least three fighters, okay, within this range to come in. So three of these six fighters need to be in all my lineups, something like that, which, you know, if you're if you don't hit on the fights, obviously, you're not going to, you know, come out on top. But more often than not, man, you can always tell which fights are going to be bangers and which might be snooze fests. There is a female fight on this card that I think we have to prioritize for GPP. It's not the next matchup we're going to talk about. It's it's a matchup very early on the card. I think we're going to be talk. I, I think I agree with you because I already crunched lineups before I came on the show. I got a ton of lineups going this weekend, and uh, I feel pretty confident in like you know targeting the correct fight. So I can't wait to break it down. Of course, I uh, mentioned about the female matchup. It is a rematch that took place back in March of 2020. And that's the last time we have seen Yoani and Jacek. Just to give you an idea. John Jones fought one month prior to the last time Yoani and Jacek had a fight. It's true, Pete. It's true. It's, it's been it's been a long time. I know it is. And if you haven't tuned into our odd shopper video for our best bets, please do so. <laughs> uh, Jason and I break you know down the best bets coming into each week. Uh, you know our money line play, our prop bet, and our three fighter parlay. So. We're on opposite ends of this fight, and it's okay because last week I told everybody that I like Johnny Munoz, and that was a terrible play. Over the Jason's over there tooting the Tony Gravelly horn, telling people that he likes Tony Gravelly, and that's why, like in a middle ground, where if I'm torn on a fight where I like one side and Jason likes the other, you know, sometimes it's good to get exposure to both. And uh, here's another week, Jason. I like Yoan and Jacek, and you like uh, Zhang Wei Li. I mean, look, I will tell you this, and from a, a cash perspective, Yoani and Jacek is very is popping off to me. But it is from a salary aspect. Look, I think we're going to see a very close fight between these two fighters once again. You know, now the fact that it's a three-round fight and not a five-round fight, I believe favors Wei Li Zhang in this situation. I think Yoana's fighting ability is much more suited for five rounds. Now, I have a feeling we might get through 15 minutes in this fight, and we're all going going, damn, man, I wish we had 10 more minutes left in this matchup. You know, the one thing that concern from a, a daily fancy perspective on Yoana and Jacek is it's just striking. I don't expect to see takedowns. Now, Wei Li trains there at fight ready when she comes into the United States. We have we saw her attempt to get the fight to the ground the first one. I want to say she was one for eight um, in takedown attempts in, in their first meeting. I would expect her to go the takedown route. Look, in, in terms of a, of a general fight, I do like Wei Li to win this fight. In terms of DFS, I don't love the 8,800 salary. Yeah, I mean, what a shame we don't have five rounds for this fight. It's, what the hell are you doing, UFC? Give them five rounds. Um, or maybe they're trying to preserve the health for one, for both of them because it was such a violent fight. But I will tell you that the, the three-round nature is a little bit interesting, especially for both fighters where they're so accustomed for five rounds. Um, pacing's different, right? So uh, you have to go out there and really increase the pace because you don't have so much time remaining. And that seems obvious, but it's, it's a true adjustment that a lot of fighters need to make in camp. I believe that, that they will. And the takedowns of uh, Zhang Wei Li could end up capturing some close rounds. So I'm um, expecting it to be largely competitive on the feet. Uh, I do like uh, Ioana Jacek's salary at 7,400. It's tough not to like that. Um, in a loss 
in the original matchup against Zhang Wei Li. She scored 78 fantasy points. Granted, that was five rounds to work with. So maybe even in a loss, she could score 50, 50 points or something like that. I just think that her salary is super cheap. Um, I did think it was competitive on the feet. I do like the adjustments in the coaches, a part of American top team. Uh, Tiago Alves, Daya Davis, Steve Mako with the wrestling. Um, understand that uh, Zhang Wei Li out of fight ready as well, mixing in some uh, uh, some cross training. I think it's ba- uh, Bang Tao or Muay Thai camp or something like that as well. So I'm interested to see the fight. I do like Joanna for DFS though, because uh, Zhang Wei Li in, in a decision, I think we're all expecting it to go the distance, right? So take the over in this situation, but does she pay off at 8,800? I think Joanna pays off more likely than uh, Zhang Wei Li. Don't worry. That's why we're prize picks. I was hoping there'd be a fight time prop. And even if it was like 14.75, I was still going to take the over. You know, if, if there comes a fight time prop on this fight, I'm just taking the over because I'm expecting this thing uh, to go 15 minutes. I mean, look, I, I think in cash this week, you want to might be a cash core play for me, even though I like Whaley to win the fight. It's just like at that price point of 7,400, it's going to allow me to get to other things. You know, when we're talking about some of these higher eye price options, I just, I think that primarily it's going to be a fight that plays out on the feet. I just think from a GPP perspective, I don't know if it's optimal. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's all slate dependent and all depending on the rest of the other fights. If a lot of the underdogs crap out, maybe a high volume striking affair of Joanna, even in a losing effort, maybe it's enough. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to see the fight. Um, I feel like a lot of ownership is going to flock to it naturally. So I may, uh, I may pivot a little bit, you know what I mean? Like there's another underdog that I really like this week and I, I believe you're on the same page with me. So we'll, we'll, we'll get to that as well. By the way, fight goes to distance, uh, ranges anywhere from minus two fifty yeah, to as low as minus two twenty five. I mean, it's really this not bad fight. though. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, you know, like I don't really like parlaying props but i wouldn't mind parlaying that prop yeah and and josh uh josh schmeck in chat says i mean att made carolina kovakiewicz look like a contender last week and that's something we talked about on the uh, odd shopper video i said man carolina looked career best and uh that could could have been largely due to felice herrick she's uh Ioana's up against uh jang Wei lee so much more difficult task ahead of her oh no no question about it it was funny as uh my first introduction, Felice Herrick, was when she fought Carl Sparza here in Tampa. Did not realize until I was looking at the card the other day. So this is back in 2011. Marlon Moraes was the third fight of the night. Wow. Phil DeRue, the old strength and conditioning coach for American Top Team, was in the first fight of the night. No crew, no kidding. Oh, my yeah, God. Some, I mean, it's yeah. a small, small world. Yeah, a small world that we we do live in here. Of course, uh, let's move on to the next matchup here. We got Manel Cop taking on Rosario Bontarin, Miguel Miguel, Miguel Cape, uh, eight ninety two hundred Cop, excuse me. Uh, Bondarian is seven thousand dollars. Manel Cop, I mean, look, it's um, you know, to me, he has got title ceiling in the UFC. You know, he had the stumbling block, but, and of course, you know, unfortunately his last fight doesn't come together with the, the whole USADA issue here. Um, the price tag here to me is it's just, it comes down to that matter of, do you think he can get a stoppage? Yeah. I personally love Manel cop from a uh, longevity standpoint within his division. And also for this slate, I think that he's 
Wish he was cheaper. I mean, he's consistently priced in the 9,000 range. Back-to-back fights, he was 9,400 and 9,000. Comes into this fight at 9,200. But in each of those efforts against Ode Osborne and Zhalgis Jumagulov, he, you know, performed admirably. 107 against Ode, 131 against Zhalgis. And I feel like we're still not even seeing the best out of Manel Kopp. Um, This is one of my confident plays of the slate where it's the flyweight division, super competitive fights, tons of activity. Anybody can uh, make it a close fight. But from what I've seen from Hogeria Bontarin outside of landing monstrous takedowns, like he went eight of nine against Brandon Royville, who is a fantastic jujitsu fighter, not the best wrestler. Manel Kopp's a much better wrestler than uh, Brandon Royville. So I can't wait to see them engage in some grappling situations. Uh, Bontarine scored 67 in a loss. I'm sprinkling in Bontarine just because of the uh, the division, taking the bias out of it. But as far as uh, competitive and confident plays, I think that Manel Kopp at 9,200 is going to be a guy that's going to be an ownership play for me. If people are light on him, no problem. I'm getting to Manel Kopp regardless. Um, from what I saw from Kaikara France of how he really hurt uh, Rogerio Bontarine, reverse positions, landing some big shots, knocked them out. I think Manel Kopp can replicate that and more. Like Manel Kopp hasn't even shown how, how well he can wrestle. So uh, I, I can't wait to watch him perform at 9,200. Uh, by the way, Samuel, appreciate you there in the super chat. His Whaley pulling a Carolina. I'm not sure exactly what you mean by that. Um, um, I don't, I mean, maybe because like coming back from defeats and looking career best in this matchup, maybe that's what he's saying. I mean, but Carolina was like on a five fight skid. Uh, Zhang Wei Li is just coming off of stumbling a little bit out the gate in a competitive fight against Rose Nama Unison. And before that was a knockout defeat. So I don't know. It's always tough to predict because Joanna is the one coming off the layoff. And she's also, I mean, Joanna two and four in her last six. So something, mm-hmm. but, uh, but both these ladies do know the winner is going to get Carl Esparza. Who would have thought back in uh, 2015, we just be talking in 2022 a Carlos Sparza Yoana and Chachik rematch. Do you remember Yoana beat the brakes off of Carlos Sparza? Like, boy, that's one of the best performances ever, where she just sprawl and brawl and just litter up on the feet. So, like, Carlos Sparza capturing the title makes Yoana go, It's my title. It's my title. I got to get past Wang uh, Zhang Wei Li, which is very tough. But if you go back and you watch that fight, like, some people could have scored it for Yoana, uh, no problem at all. Yeah, I mean, the first fight was a close matchup there. But uh, in terms of Manel Cop, I do want to get there, Manel Cop. I will tell you, when we talk about prize picks, I do like some of the prize picks props on Manel Cop over there for Saturday's UFC 275. Next up is a man. Man, I just see Pete's eyes just, you know, spark up here because it's a fight that we talked about. And I was blown away by the DraftKings salaries on this one. This is why I'm very interested to see what it looks like on FanDuel when FanDuel puts their salaries out there. Jack Della, Madalena, and Ramadan Amiv, 8,200 for Madalena, who is a 160 betting favorite. Amiv, 8,000. I am looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season. Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. 
If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. Going to the conversation me and Pete had off air, Pete's like, hey, what do you think Madalena is? I'm like, oh, what, 86, 8700? He's like, no, bro, 8200. I'm like, holy crap. I, I mean, it, it is such a low number to me for, for what Madalena is. But to offer up the other side of this equation is I expect that you're going to see a Meave uh, try to take Madalena to take down City. Yeah. So, I mean, Nick saying in chat, Ameev's a big step up in competition. He's right. I mean, but let's, Ameev's not a three-round fighter. Ameev is very good in round one. Round two is where he starts to taper off. But he has, you know, very good wrestling, which would be the Achilles heel for a very phenomenal striker in, in Jack Della Maddalena. One of my favorite prospects in the sport. So, I don't know, like, well, my prospect watch... I, when I say it and I label him a prospect in my eyes, you know, it takes a lot. Hamza, Tom Aspinall, Romanov, Manel Kopp. I mean, Aaron, you know, Blanchfield. I'll tell you what, Della Madalena's on my prospect list, and I really, really like him. And I think that he can surprise people. If people aren't believers here, no problem. 82, you're never going to get Jack Della Madalena at 8,200 ever again. I really don't think you are, unless he's fighting some ridiculous step up in competition. Uh, Hamazam Namiv, questionable gas tank, gets hit a lot on the feet. Go back and look at the Nick Stolze fight. Uh, Nicholas Stolze looked like he could have beaten him out of there and gotten him out of there and finished him. Danny Roberts was able to stifle some attacks and end up winning a decision, a split decision. But I really think that Jack Della Maddalena might be my most overexposed fighter on the slate. Uh, he might come in as the most popular fighter on the slate, but to all you Osmo, you know, viewers out there, he's my favorite. I, I really like him. Price, price tag's too cheap. I think that he can brutalize Amiv on the feet, uh, stuff some takedowns, and get up if he does get taken down. So in an age where judges are valuing damage over control, how do you not like Jack Della Maddalena? Um, on the flip side, Amiv, you know, is a contrarian play for sure. Because we see it all the time that chalk busts and it could be a leverage play where if he's going single digit ownership, just double that ownership a little bit. And uh, that, that's a that's a nice little way to hedge. But Della Madeleine is one of my favorite plays on the slate. Uh, yeah, that ownership is uh, definitely leverage plays to get out there. By the way, I uh, had tip to Spencer. Just let me know. FanDuel salaries are out and Jack Della Madalena $17 over on FanDuel. So I think more, uh, uh, more appropriate pricing. I, I feel like we, 
that's something we never necessarily always say with FanDuel, but uh, appropriate price in there for Jack Della Maddalena. But uh, I mean, obviously great prospect, but um, I mean, look, everyone is going to have the question mark until we see it happen of what happens. Does he look like on his back? Let's move on next up to a matchup between Brandon Allen and Jacob Malkoon. Brandon Allen is 9,000. Jacob Malkoon, 7,200. Of course, everyone knows Jacob Malkoon is a BJJ coach uh, of Robert Wicker. I, be- I believe they're business partners in Whitaker's gym there. Uh, down under, uh, of course, Whitaker and Marvin Torrey are supposed to be on this fight card. That's why Malcoon was was placed in this fight card here. Um, this is as we talk about underdogs. That you know, every week we're going to be you know we're, we're searching for dogs in, in DFS, and Malcoon is one of those guys that I'm looking at this week, Pete, and it's just because of po- his potential of controlling this fight on the mat. Yeah, and I think naturally Brandon Allen has the name value, so he's going to attract some ownership. Jacob Malcoon is the guy who got completely destroyed against Phil Hawes. And people aren't believers. I'll tell you what, the film doesn't lie, man. The film does not lie. And from what I see on, see on film, I'm increasing ownership to, to Jacob Malcoon. I really am. I'm actually picking him to win this fight, which may shock a lot of people. On the uh, In the striking department, he's going to be at a disadvantage against Brendan Allen. He is. Uh, Brendan Allen can you know hit him with, with shots and... His kickboxing has elevated since he's been at Sanford MMA. It's the grappling situations where Brendan Allen's usually the dominant fighter in those situations. But from what I saw from Jacob Malkoon, it's just the pace. It's pretty reminiscent to how like Colby Covington does. He shot eight of 20. He landed eight of 24 takedown attempts against Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. Now that's ridiculous work rate, like ridiculous. He grabs a uh, head head outside single and he trips the back leg. Um, He goes to it over and over. Uh, He does some high crotch takedowns. He goes, if those bail, he has like a a nice chaining sequence of takedowns where if one fails, he goes to the next one. He goes to a body lock. He goes to a leg lace. I'm telling you, the, the film on this kid is impressive. It really is. The AJ Dobson fight worked well for me. I, I like Jacob Malkoon there at six out of 16 takedown attempts. I think Brendan Allen can get controlled on the mat, truthfully. Um, Sean Strickland landed takedowns against them. Um, Kyle Dawkins put him in some bad spots on the mat. Brendan Allen's able to reverse out of positions. But I think that, you know, Jacob Malkoon can solidify position a little bit well, uh, a little bit better, maintain top position, uh, trip Brendan Allen, avoid the dangerous submission attempts and the guillotines of Brendan Allen. So, For me, he's my underdog play of the week. And if you just like the name value of Brendan Allen, no problem. I understand it. Totally understand it. But from the film, I got to be more, I got to be heavier on uh, Jacob Malcoon than what the field's doing. Yeah, I mean, look, it's one of those things that we we are going to take chances as DFS players, and and I don't mind taking a chance just because of the ability of uh, Malcoon. You know, you mentioned about, I mean, the guy's just going to continue to try to get this fight to the ground, something to uh, pay attention to there. But obviously, that could be a situation where, depending on where the ownership goes over the next couple of days with Brent Allen, maybe that's the spot that you want to get to when looking at those, you know, high-tier salaries, those 9000 and up salaries. Of course, uh, this is the Oswald.com MMA Strategy Show. We're getting ready for UFC 275, and we are sponsored by Prize Picks. You got to go over there to prizepicks.com. Of course, download the app over in the App Store or the Google Play Store. Of course, be sure to use that promo code AWESOMO when you sign up. So you got they got instant first match deposit of up to $100. So you put in $100, they give you $100, and they've got a free square going on right now for game four of the NBA Finals. You got to take advantage of it. Jason Tatum, half a point. You know he's going to score. 
probably 25, 30 points, but he's going to score more than half a point. So uh, you can pair that up with uh, some of these MMA props over there. And I mentioned about Manel Cop, Pete, that I was looking over there at those prize picks. And I'm looking at that significant strikes on Manel Cop. I think this fight's going to last longer, late second, maybe you can get to the third round. So I'm looking at the over 52 and a half significant strikes on Manel Cop. Yeah, I mean, in round one, he landed 53 against Zhalgashu Magalov. Um, round one, he landed 19 against Ode Osborne. If this reaches the second and third round, you would like to think that he's able to uh, to meet that line. So I would agree with you. Um, Rogeri Bontarin is super tough, but I think he's getting knocked out in the second or third. One of the fight times that it interests me as well is actually the Valentina Shevchenko fight time line, which is 20 and a half. I get I'm I... I'm kind of lean under on this one, Pete. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I think that Tyler Santos is tough, and I, I'm predicting it's going to be, um, man, a late finish wouldn't surprise me because Tyler Santos in five rounds is not – it doesn't favor her style. It really doesn't, and especially when she's looked gassed at times. But if she's just able to hold on, maybe it goes the distance. I do want to see where these takedown props go. Like, especially with Glover share at one and a half, that's a tricky number to me. Can, can you know, can see that going either way. Jacob Malcoon, by the way, his takedown number is three. So he's got to land four. I say, I say more. I do. I think that Brandon Allen's going to be skilled enough to get back to his feet, and uh, it's just going to happen over and over and over. Um, it may be a competitive fight, but at his salary, he's too cheap for what his ceiling is. The other interesting takedown prop that's those sticks out to me is Thalia Santos one. I think she lands a takedown. She needs to. The whole camp better be around taking Valentina Shevchenko down. <laughs> Wait, you, you say you don't want to have a kickboxing match with Shevchenko? I mean, is that what you're saying? She's not bad on the feet, but I think she's going to get destroyed. So, <laughs> of course, uh, you got to check out our sponsor over there. Prize picks, prizepicks.com. Of course, you can click the link in the video description below or head to prizepicks.com, download the prize picks app in the app store or Google Play. Of course, use that promo code Osmo. Instant first match deposit of up to $100. Of course, you got to take advantage of that uh, deal they got going on there right now for game four of the NBA Finals with Jason Tatum, a half a point. We all know you're smashing that over over there. Uh, I will be making sure that I have a ton over there as uh did pretty well last time on prize picks playing a little, a little NBA. Let's move over to the next matchup. You got Choi taking on Kubau. Kubau 7,100. Choi 9,100. Uh, this is a fight, Pete. Low ownership on both sides this one. Yeah, and I think it's most people predicting it's going to go the distance. Kubau is not bad. He's really not bad. Um he can strike, he can mix in some takedowns, but he's not like a prolific takedown artist that would necessarily threaten Sung Woo Choi. Sung Woo Choi is like a, a um, stylistic dependent fighter to target, where is if he's going up against a strong wrestler, you might want to lean towards the wrestler. Um, Mozart Ivalev landed a bunch of takedowns against him, but I mean, Sung Woo Choi did defend 11 of them. He also defended eight takedowns against Gavin Tucker. It's just... He's not as threatening on the mat as he is standing up. He's massive for the division for, for featherweight. Um, he hits really hard. Kulabao is super tough, though. Super, super tough. But I, I got to lean in Sungwoo Choi's favor. Like, I really do. I think that he's just going to be too big for Jacob uh, for Joshua Kulabao. 
and I think we're going to see a uh, a strong performance. A knockout wouldn't necessarily surprise me, but this is a a low. This is a an ownership play because mm-hmm. you know this could be an aggressive stand up affair. One shot lands, and my guy Sungwoo Choi ends up being victorious inside the distance. So uh, ninety one hundred Sungwoo Choi is a, a nice leverage play. Next up, we got a matchup between Steve Garcia and Mashate. Mashate, 7,800, 8,400 for Steve Garcia. If you look at Mashate, if you just like peek at your line, you might think it says Misha Tate the way it's spelled out, but it's <laughs> Mashate. This is where fight film, but also understanding matchmaking, Pete. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, what? Okay, you're Steve Garcia, you're flying to Singapore. To take on Mahashate, I, I, I look at this thinking the UFC feels like this is a good matchup for Mahashate against Garcia, even though Garcia is the betting favorite. Interesting. I mean, sometimes they just want to have locals tune in to an exciting young prospect where I think Mahashate is pretty big for the division and he hits hard. But if you go back and you look at the Dayton White's Contender Series fight, he was rocked numerous times, numerous times. And I'll tell you what, Steve Garcia being a lighter, a lighter, like a bantamweight at one time and, you know, naturally graduating to a, the lightweight division, he's been in some wars. I remember him being in a ridiculous war on the Bellator undercard against Kin Moy. Uh, Kin Moy, mm-hmm. it was one of the best fights I've ever seen. Like, I, I have to tell you, I was in the back prepping for my fight and I was just like, this is a banger. It was great. <laughs> so Steve Garcia can welcome a, a war for sure. I like him here at 8,400, truth, truthfully. Um, you know, everything's set up in Mahashate's favor. Home hometown rub is always a possibility of just getting a greasy decision because the crowd ooing and eyeing in your favor. Um, 7,800, it's a fight that I'm not necessarily prioritizing. It's going to be a violent one, but it's not one where I have like a, a confident, you know, belief that Mahashate is going to go out there and, and knock out Steve Garcia or take him down. If anybody's going to get takedowns, I believe it'd be Steve Garcia. So give me Steve Garcia, 8,400, but it's a, you know, it's a neutral play for me. You and Steve Garcia have something in common, by the way. What is that? Old school Bellator really loved you guys because you guys knew how to put butts in the seats. Oh, and yes. I, 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 I've told a story before, but I remember, um, remember when Tio and Rampage were supposed to fight? Yeah. So, like, the, they they were doing this conference call, but it was a day of an event in New Mexico. I was in New Mexico, so I got there early. Bellator lets me in the building early so I can get on this conference call. And uh, there's like, it's like right outside ticket office, like 40 people all in the same shirt. And I go, who's that? They go, oh, that's Steve Garcia's fans. He was the first fight of the night. He's now after the main card. Yeah. You know how many times <laughs> that happened to me, Jason. I'm, st- I'm sitting there warming up because I'm, I'm on deck. And then they're like, nope. <laughs> Well, your swing bout. So now I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh man, I'm going to get a TV opportunity. If one of these fights end, of course the fights go the distance and they say, okay, you're, you're the post limb. Now I'm like, dude, I literally warmed up for five hours, Jason. But uh, that's what happens when you're a massive hometown, uh, you know, ticket seller. So, you know, Props to Steve Garcia reaching it to the UFC level. But, yeah, I'm favoring him in this matchup. <laughs> the, the, the good and bad sides of being yeah. a massive ticket seller on the regional scene is sometimes 
you might be waiting around a while to fight there. And that's just, uh, that's the absolute reality uh, with this one. Let's move on uh, to the next matchup. We got Andre Fialho taking on Jake Matthews. Andre Fialho, 8,500. Jake Matthews, 7,700. Andre Fialho, just call him the new Donald Cerrone of the UFC as he just wants to fight as much as possible, which can be a good thing, but could be a bad thing depending on how your body's kind of reacting to it. Obviously, uh, Jake Matthews has been in the UFC for a long time. I mean, look, I would be shocked if Matthews does not try to utilize wrestling in this one. I would be shocked if this fight's not optimal. This is one of my priorities this week. It really is. The main event's a priority. This fight's a priority. I think a lot of people will find value in Jake Matthews, as do I. I think he hits really, really hard, and he has the takedowns in his back pocket. Uh, that's going to be met with some resistance, resistance against Andre Fialo out of Sanford MMA who really has just elevated this game from, you know, being a uh, bounce around to from promotion to promotion to now being an exciting UFC name. Everybody likes him because he, he goes forward and hits you with big, big combinations. If you look at the Andre Fialo fights though, um, he's hit with some massive shots against Michelle Pereira rocked Matt hit with some massive shots against Miguel Baeza rocked massive shots against Cameron Van Camp on short notice rocked the chin's susceptible to getting knocked out. Like he really is. He's so good at being the hammer, um, but sometimes he's vulnerable to, to getting hit and wobbled with some big shots. With all that being said, I'm still picking Andre Fialo because I don't necessarily trust Jake Matthews's chin either. Uh, we've seen him get hit and outboxed against Tony Martin. We've also seen, you know, him get rocked against uh, some other fighters. And like the war against Li Jing Liang is how I'm predicting this fight to go. Uh, he scored 96 in that fight, and he threw caution to the wind. And he realized that he's going to get rocked in the fight, but he's also going to do his best to rock his opponent. And they traded hooks after hooks until Li Jing Liang got, you know, he, he got planted a couple times on his backside, and then it turned into a whole crazy war. So I'm predicting a war. I really like Andre Fiala right now, and I don't necessarily think that Jake Matthews has the best body language against an aggressive, aggressive striker. So I'm picking Andre Fialo 8,500, but this is group number two, man. Andre Fialo, Jake Matthews. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on prize picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100. And use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, only by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Yeah, I mean, the one thing about Fiala, I mean, look, we all know about the striking abilities. And we've talked about here on the show about, you talk about how fighters evolve. And, you know, I've correlated to Andre Fiala and Joaquin Buckley. When you That's think of uh, a Fiala and Buckley early on in their career when they were in Bellator and to the fighters they are now, they're just different fighters. I mean, they, they just are. And, uh, you know, Andre Fiala, you know, Jake Matthews got to watch out for those hands. That's why I do think you're going to see Matthews go, uh, go that take it down route. We'll see whether or not that happens. Of course, one of the things Pete and I love to see after the fights are over are those winning screenshots. We want to see you go into the awesome O Hall of Fame. Of course, you got to be rocking that also avatar on your DFS profile. Of course, we place in the top three of a contest with over 5,000 contestants. All you got to do is tweet those screenshot wins to at awesome HOF. You'll win a free month of awesome plus platinum. Only one free month can be awarded to a user. Per calendar year, congratulations, uh, Ugly 8 game, taking down some huge contests over there uh, in NBA, over there on FanDuel, taking over $70,000. Kudos to you. J187 taking down some MLB contests. Kudos what you're able to do over there, some MLB. Also, Jordan taking down second MLB contest, winning $40,000. And I'll say save a little money for that tax man. By the way, since I've got to put write a check here uh, in the next uh, couple of days, uh, that those quarterly payments to IRS are due uh, June 18th. So just to let you know, you know, if you're uh, like me, got to make those quarterly payments, uh, especially if you're winning these big monies in DFS, you got to put some money to the side there. Also, uh, Trappist uh, taking down first place in a MLB contest. So everyone, congratulations to everyone that has gone into the Austin Hall of Fame over the past couple of days. Let's move on to the next matchup. You got Dana taking on Kung Ho Kang, Kang 7900. Dana, 8,300. Pete, what's your take? Uh, it's a tricky fight, man. It's a really tricky fight because Dana Bakary, he hits so damn hard. And when he hits people, they go to sleep. Uh, but he's coming off of a very quick return from, from getting knocked out back in March against Chris Gutierrez, where he was he was looking good in round one. And then uh, Chris Gutierrez, round two, made some adjustments and hit him with a beautiful spinning back fist. So, I mean, it's a little soon, to be honest, to be coming back in June now. Uh, just turned June. So it's like, man, is he completely healed? You know, his opponent is not necessarily a, you know, knockout artist. Kyung Ho Kang likes to mix in takedowns. So the matchup isn't a horrible matchup. But if you go back and you look at Dana Bakari against Haley Alatang, he lost that decision and he was forced to defend some takedowns. In all of his wins in the UFC, he, he has not had to defend any takedowns. Um, you know, Guido, Kennedy, Kevin Natividad, and Brandon Davis striking matchups. I think that Kyung Ho Kang is just going to blend things so well. And Kyung Ho Kang gives me no reason to not trust his durability. He's fought some, some heavy hitters as well. I think that uh, not as heavy as Dana Bakari, but styles make fights and just incorporating takedowns can make Dana Bakari a little gun shy, especially because he just came off of getting knocked out. And I think in a close matchup, Kyung Ho Kang's going to land some takedowns. And if people are down on Kyung Ho Kang for losing to Hani Yaya, so be it. Uh, I'm okay with it because Hani Yaya is one of the best grapplers in the UFC. So it's a lean towards Kyung Ho Kang, but this this matchup doesn't scream, you know, a priority for me. Like Kyung Ho Kang in some decision wins, 92 against uh, Ping Yuan, 100 against Brandon Davis. That was strong. You know what I mean? So, like, I, I don't necessarily view this as a ceiling fight, but I'm going to be leaning in Kyung Ho Kang's favor. 
I mentioned about there's a, a female matchup on this card that I uh, I am going to be leaning heavy on just because I think that it's going to be an optimal play here. And when you see a over one and a half line on a female fight in the UFC at minus one twenty five, Pete, that should tell you something. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's it's volatile, man, and it's super oh, volatile. Oh oh, oh 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 it is like you don't have faith on either side. Let's not kid ourselves here. I don't trust either one of these fighters, but like, no. I feel like in terms of GPPs, we got to get to Juarez or we got to get to not, we got, we have to get to these fighters because I would be relatively surprised if this fight's not optimal. Yeah. So this is group number three and uh, <laughs> that's how I'm, I'm constructing lineups this week. And I really feel like that construction is going to lead to a ton of success. Uh, I'm feeling it. We're getting into the awesome hall of fame. It's been a little bit, but we're getting into it. We're taking everything down. And naturally, I think uh, Liang Na is going to be the most popular underdog on the slate. Um, she looked really good in round one against Ariana Carnalosi. She's aggressive. She dropped her with a right hand. She followed it up with relentless takedowns and top pressure and reversals and submission attempts and ground and pound. And she's a round one fighter. She's a complete liability outside of round one. Uh, if you look at her record, she can get reversed in positions because she hunts submissions recklessly. She could put on her back, fishing for arm bars. If she does not get it, she can get pounded out or submitted herself. Now, Savannah Gomez Juarez, from a box score standpoint, looks like this is a horrible matchup for her. And I would say it is in a way. She hasn't shown us anything of how she, how she can defend takedowns. Um, the Lupi Godinez fight might be a little bit overblown because Lupi's a monster. That loss doesn't look so bad right now. The loss against Vanessa Demopoulos looks terrible on the box score. She dropped her with a big, big shot, and then the fight IQ went out the window, and she got armbarred for her second straight submission loss in the UFC. So Silvana's a, 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 an ownership play. I'm going to have a ton of Silvana just because outside of round one, I don't think that Liang Na is tested, and I think that she can get bullied at times. And Silvana's not horrible striking. Like, she has power and everything. But it's the, the official pick is Liang Na via decision. No, Liang Na via submission. And uh, this is one of my most prioritized fights on the slate. I'm going to tell you this right now. Looking at ownership projections, I'm going to be way over the field. Uh, I already know what you're talking about. And that's why, like, when I was making lineups <laughs> today, I was like, I'm like 50 times the ownership on some of these fighters. Like, it, look, it's a, a volatile fight. I mean, look, you, you don't trust either one of these fighters. I mean, you know, you, you hate to trust someone at 8,600 when she's lost in the first round in both of her UFC fights. That's scary to go to. Mm -hmm. But to me, just in terms of the upside on both these, I want to get to both these fighters. I'm going to have a ton of them. Um, and probably the, the hardest thing for me would be is who I'm putting in the single entry lineup. Yeah, that's probably going to be the right? hard one for me. It's, it's who put a single entry, you know. When I want a mass entering contest, that's easy. I can kind of, you know, get, get some ownership everywhere. But yeah. Um, also, uh, the first fight of the night, also a female matchup. You got Edwards taking on Pascal. Pascal, 7,500. Edwards, 8,700. Do we got to prioritize the first fight of the night? Please tell me no. I say no. I, I personally say no. And I think that Ramona Pascal is big for the division and she's tough. She absorbed a ton of strikes in her debut, which I believe was on short notice against Josiane Nunes. Correct. And, uh, you know, she actually did pretty well. She, yeah. you know, threw some strikes on the feet. Her takedowns are, are her path to victory. 
she needs to land takedowns against uh, Jocelyn Edwards. And that's been Edwards Achilles heel throughout her entire career, especially in the UFC where she gets taken down and she's losing minutes. So the minute and a half on the feet where she's looking good, flailing her arms, throwing combinations does not outweigh the takedown and control of some of her opponents. Now, some of her opponents, pretty big name value, Carol Hosa and Jessica Rose Clark, two talented fighters. I would have to say, I like the adjustments that I, you know, Jocelyn Edwards taking some time off. We, we haven't seen her in the cage in a little bit since October of last year. And now training with uh, Valentina Shevchenko, a part of that camp. I kind of like that. You know, it's not this style. It's not like she's going in there and training with, um, with uh, T, T City's girlfriend. What's her name? Tracy Cortez. Yeah. You know, who's just a massive, you know, wrestler. But I just think, you know, training with Shevchenko is going to elevate your game. So if the pick is Jocelyn Edwards, but Ramona Pascal is a complete sprinkle for me. I'm sprinkling her in because if she gets takedowns and she banks two rounds, she's tough as hell. She may not get finished and she may win a decision. So the pick is Edwards with the sprinkle of Pascal. Of course, uh, let's get into our straight up fight picks. These are not DFS related. Main event uh, and new. Give me Yuri. Oh, man. Okay. You already know I'm going to have a ton of ownership for both of them. Just because I'm from Connecticut, I'm picking Glover Teixeira. Uh, Co-main event. Do do we really have to? I guess what I'm saying. Valentina. (laughs) Shevchenko, baby. Uh, We've already talked. We're on on different sides of this one. Give me Wei Li Zhang against uh, Joanna. Give me Joanna. I'll take uh, Manel Kopp. Manel Kopp. Uh, I'm I'm pretty safe. I can say that we were both taking Madalena. Yes. Uh, give me my first underdog in uh, Jacob Malcoon. Malcoon. Uh, give me Choi. Choi. I will go Garcia, but have concerns. I'm going Garcia. Uh, I will go Fialho. Fialho. It's a close one. Uh, give me my second underdog. I'll go Kung Ho Kang. Kang. Uh, then give me my third underdog. <laughs> give me not. Oh, God. I can't believe we got a pick. I'm going to, just for the hell of it, I'm going to say Gomez Juarez. Oof. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, for the first fight of the night, I'll go with the favorite Edwards. Yeah, Edwards. Uh, we'll uh, finish up this episode of the Strategy Show. We'll address Samuel's super chat. Of course, Samuel, as always, appreciate you in the super chat. Uh, let's start off uh, top two cash Shevchenko and, uh, and Madalena. Uh, yeah, I think I would go that way as well. Uh, GPPs. Woo. Um, I, I mean, like I, Sam, I'm sure you want actual fighters. Uh, I'll give you fighters and fighters. First off the main event. I think you gotta be looking at like, to me, like in terms of GPPs of fights, I think I'd be looking at Yuri Glover, Madalena Ameev. Um, the Juarez fight will be the other one. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of fighters, GPPs, um, I would say Madalena because of the price point um, there in terms of that. And my number two would probably be Yuri. Yeah, I, I don't hate any of that. I mean, I think we laid out a great way to, to attack this slate. And, um, you know, the confident plays like Manel Cop, confident play. Shevchenko, confident play. Other Choi, confident play. Other matchups, it's tricky. It's definitely tricky, but there's tons of ceiling for certain fights. 
in terms of uh, some the top underdogs for me, um, and it, I look at Jacob Malcoon because of the the grappling upside in that one, and also the grappling upside that I mentioned as an underdog boy would be Jake Matthews. Yeah, I'm saying favorite underdog for me personally is Jacob Malcoon. Um, Glover Teixeira and Yuan are kind of tied in my in my point for in my mind for number two. So um, prioritizing main event and uh, co-main event. Well, not even co-main event. It should be the co-main event. It's tough. It should be a five-round fight. But uh, the Yoana and Glover are kind of like 1A, 1B. Yeah. Uh, MVP plays. Madalena. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would I look Madalena. Fialo. Fialo. I mean, you love Shashenko with the price point so high. That's why it's tough to get there for mm-hmm. me. Uh, favorite inside the distance. I mean, I think we've kind of labeled out the fights. Main yeah, event. For sure. Um, I would put Malcoon and Allen um, as potentially, uh, if it's a Malcoon, a very late stoppage. Uh, but if it's Allen, I, I, I think I could see him getting a first or second round finish with the strikes on the feet. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Holland had Brendan Allen in some bad spots. He almost had a rear naked choke sunk in. And same with uh, Kyle Dawkins. Uh, they both had really, really good positions. So um, it's a little bit of MMA math, but it's also from the film. Malcoon looks like a monster on film, and I love it. In terms of uh, leverage plays, uh, a Meave would be a leverage play for me. Mm-hmm. Take down upside, but you brought up a great point about could that cardio be there for three rounds? Um, and then we talked about the second fight of the night. That's on both sides of that fight. Yes, agreed. Uh, optimal and dark plays. Dark plays for me. Um, looking at the low end, I would put Yoan as a dark play for me because of where the price point is at 7,400. Okay, you ready for my dark play? Ramona Pasquale. That's a that's a dark. I don't mind, I don't mind that one. I don't mind that yeah. one at all because of the takedown upside. I mean, yeah. optimal plays to me. I mean, I, I think it's it's you got to be looking at the main event. Um, and maybe the the, the Manel Cop and Rogerio Bontern fight is another uh, optimal play that we we didn't really touch on too much about how how it could be optimal on both sides. Yeah, I mean Bontarin is a strong guy for the division, so um, he scored well in losses. So, but I, I'm picking Manel Cop. Sam, we got a great number here this week on the over-under. You're stepping your game up this week. Seven and a half, 12 fights. That's a good number. That's a very good number. I'm saying, hmm, I am saying under. Yeah, I would lean under as, as well on that one. And uh, no updates on Pete's next fight. Pete's still, uh, how, how's the hand doing? The hand doing better, bro? Yeah, it is. It's doing better. It is doing better. It's not It's not perfect yet, but it is doing way better. So, um, yeah, the, the timetable is still the same. Clearly, you were not looking at Tyler. I was watching that. Tyler. I'm, I'm an adult. I was not worried about Tyler. <laughs> hey, sometimes we can have some fun here on the strategy show, you know? Of course, of course. And, uh, by uh, the way, we'll, we'll be here on Saturday, 5.30 p.m. Eastern time. I mean, my guy Pete's uh, squeezing us in here on Saturday. Yeah, you, I'm, I'm leaving a wedding to come home, shoot the live before lock, and then head back to the wedding. So uh, I Don't hope you guys Don't get married on Saturday. It's pretty yeah, simple. Okay. Well, 
yeah, I mean, who, who gets married while fights are going on, right? Just tell my girlfriend that. Um, so, I mean, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I always try to be here for you guys and I, I love it and breaking down the fights and we got lineups to make, we got money to make. So, uh, can't wait for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, that's why I say like, for me, don't get married during football season. That was my thing. Yeah. That's just not going to end well. It's not going to end well. I tell, yeah, I tell I the buddies, I go, I won't show up. I won't show up. I've I've had friends get married on Saturday in football season, and I they text me, "Are you coming?" And I said, "I told you the rules to this friendship, and no, A and M's playing." Oh, that's hilarious. That is hilarious. Uh, that that is true. That is true. But that is going to do it for this edition of the MMA Strategy Show. We'll be back here on Saturday live for Lock Course. A huge thanks to our sponsor, Prize Picks. Be sure to check out the props they have over for UFC 275 at prizepicks.com. And we will talk to you on Saturday for Live Before Lock. Have a good day, everybody. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.